Blog Talk Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour. We are trying this time um, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern because, well, it was just, it's just an experiment. We do see that we have a couple callers in the queue. Um, I don't think 519 wants a reading, but if she does, please press 1. Um, what else? 914-338-0164 is the call-in number. And Again, press one if you'd like to speak with us. What else? Uh, you may join us on our social media pages, which are linked via our Blog Talk Radio homepage, the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour. You can follow us here on Blog Talk Radio as well. We appreciate that. And also, donations to the show are very helpful because it helps defray the cost of our of our annual fee to broadcast. So this is a paid um we, uh, podcast we pay to broadcast and we really help uh, appreciate any any amount because it helps us okay let us bring on 630 okay hey hey Dion how are you hi um fine how are you good happy new year Happy New Year. Yeah, we haven't talked to you on the air since last year. <laughs> I know, right? Everything's going good. This year Great. starting out strong. So happy to hear that. Things are starting to be restored in my life. I'm getting my Wi-Fi tomorrow. Um, I ordered a dog stroller for Cupid because he hasn't had one and he likes to sit in it when I'm next to the computer you know yeah he likes being pushed around in it and stuff like that well that's and so, so um that's like that but probably not <laughs> did you ever try no they jump out I'm sure they wouldn't like it you well you can tie them in there um, with their collar and then they also close so they oh, have yeah. to be in. Yeah. Um, something to think about. Do you have a birthday, Neil? It's 10, 12, 5, 73. It's 28, 10, 1. Go on, Dion. No, so, okay, so then tomorrow I'll be able to, like, start using the Internet. And then um, I have an appointment with a bankruptcy lawyer just because I want to see. The only thing is, you know, like, I want to be able to keep my car so, and then um, probably go get my storage in, like, two weeks. So I just wanted to check in and see how 
things look for me right now? Well, as far as the bankruptcy, Dion, and your car, I don't believe, and we can't give legal advice on the show, but as far as I know, they don't take things like cars. You don't have like a fleet of cars. You have one car, which is your mode of transportation. So they're not going to take an asset like that because it's something you use. I know it's an expensive car, but I don't think they're going to take your car. You know, as far as, and as far as the bankruptcy goes, it's a choice. You've got to talk to the attorney and see what your options are. If, if there's a way to avoid the bankruptcy, and I know that the lump sum, you know, Neil, she was supposed to get a lump sum of her disability back payment, but they wait a year, right, to give that so to you? So they divide it up in three payments. So you get 25% at one payment, and then six months later, you get 25% more. And then after six more months, then they give you the remaining 50%. And, it's, and so um, my lawyer said, you know, send them copies of your bills and an explanation and tell them why you need to have it all up front. And they, might, they, they probably will give it to you once you show them, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm more in debt than I would. I'm, I'm still more in debt than um, I'm getting for my back pay. You know what I'm saying? So as soon as I get it, it's going to go out the door again. Right. But I mean, if you, well, number one, if you declare bankruptcy, you're not going to lose that money. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's an option if you don't want to part with that money. Um, Well, it would give me a fresh start and I need, I, I need to stop struggling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's okay if I file for bankruptcy as long as I get to keep my car because the reality is is when I got injured and I had to go on disability, that was just the reality of my situation. You know what I mean? And I, I just had basic living expenses in the move. So, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like I did anything crazy. Like, I didn't go buy a Tesla. It was just like, you know, regular expenses like food and toilet paper and stuff. Right. Well, I mean, like we said on the last show, you know, it's as far as your year is concerned and what I see personally, I see positive things happening for Dion and a much more stable year than you had the previous year when you were living in your car. I mean, you're dealing with issues of foundation and and your, you know, your your stability in life and you've become much more stable so once you're you know once you're stable obviously then you can start to focus on other things higher higher energies working on your creativity you've got your wi-fi back as you said you can now maybe work on your books get back on to doing that so i think positive things positive things the bankruptcy, you know, that's that's a process, and it's you know you you it is on your record for ten years. You lose your credit cards, obviously, so there's that to consider, and the fact that you won't have credit cards to charge on for quite some time. Um, so you have to cons- you you have to weigh your options. So I think it's going to be helpful to talk to the attorney tomorrow. 
Um, trying to think of anything else that's coming in. Have you have you anything anything with a bird lately? Any so they yeah they were complaining that so the neighbors were complaining like that they've seen a decrease in the amount of birds around here, but I just seen them yet I just seen them yesterday. Okay, so that is a validation. That's good. Do you want to chime in here? You've been very quiet. Well, no. Listen, uh, no, I, you know, I don't think that the uh, installments and the delay are going to be a much of a concern for your disability. Uh, it, it appears as though you're somewhat back on track because you've been having some hardships, and, but everything's starting to stabilize now. So now what you've got to do is once you feel more centered is start to think of the things that you you desire to do that just don't equate to survival, you know, your higher goals, uh, your books and whatever you want to do. Uh, now is the time, this will be the start of it, probably sometime January, February, more in January, you'll start to focus on uh, some of the things that you want to do that are of a higher definition than just mere survival. But those are very important things for you to accomplish because you've got a five in your day, which is literary communication. And that's in the center of your birthday. So you want to make sure that you fulfilled that because that where that five is, is situated between your karma and your transcendence. So it's the number that equates to you making transitions in life. And then, of course, the 521 equals an 8, which is a power number. So I would suggest that you start thinking about your higher goals and um, get on the ball with that. That's what I would say to do in the next coming months here. Okay, I wrote out a plan today where to start, so I, that sounds good. That's, That's awesome. Friendly. I'm on track then. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Jan. And, you know, the other thing is I think that the fact that you've gotten health care, you've gotten back on your medications, I think that's helped a lot for your state of mind. You're I tried telling everybody that I wasn't medicated. <laughs> I tried to tell you. It's not good. <laughs> well, I don't want to, like, you know, be a proponent of, like, psychiatric medications necessarily, but I, if they're helping you stay more grounded and balanced, which I think they are, then they're, then, then it's okay. You know, they're working to, you know, I guess balance some imbalance in the brain chemistry. I guess that's what they're used for. And so if that's helping you, then I think it's okay. Yeah, I, I started walking with my neighbor because, you know, obviously Cupid can't do the walking because it's too cold. But, like, mm-hmm. I started walking with my neighbor. All of the seniors, they they like me. I was helping them today sign up for stuff because they don't know how to use the computer. You know what I mean? So they're coming around. They're accepting me more. And I like what where I live now. It, was, it wasn't easy, but I'm, I, I feel confident that everything's going good. So... You know, I appreciate all of your help and all of your advice. 
You're welcome. And I think, and you know, I mentioned before about the seniors to you in a private message. I think they were worried that you were going to be, because you were younger, that you were going to make noise, have people over. And, you know, sometimes that's what happens when young people uh, move into, I mean, obviously young people don't really get to move into a seniors only center very often. It's because of your disability. So that is probably something they're not accustomed to and they felt threatened. So now they have gotten a feel for who you are and know that you're not going to be a, um, you know, a problem tenant. So everything's good. Yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. We're so happy for you. Thank and you. Cupid, Thank you very say, much. Hi, say hi to Cupid. I will. I will. <laughs> Okay. All right. Take it easy. Bye. Care, bye. Okay. Well, we can have a little chat. You know, I just looked online. This is crazy. There's now a fully automated McDonald's in Denver with no humans. There's no humans. There are no humans. How do you you who how do you walk in and order? You just hit a button or something? Yeah. Then who cooks the food? I, it's probably prepared by machines. And then how does how does it get to the customer? I, I I'm sure they have like robotic arms that deliver it to the customer or robots. Oh, that's good news. <laughs> that's frightening. Wow. Well, you know, it it's it's all in the same bucket because bucket. you're yeah sure because you're dealing you're you're dealing with an automated world and there's no humans but we do the same thing we deal in an automated world in some respects there's no humans we're we're listening to voices from another dimension right. time and astral realm right so but you know it's brave new world we're but coming that's... we were coming to this anyways so, um, uh, I mean, that's just a further step, though. That's like, I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's not like just like a self-checkout. No, there's kiosk. not going to, the human it's beings like, are, are on the line of extinction. We're, we're slowly going to do ourselves in and machines will take over and maybe they'll absorb some of our intelligence and uh, operate the planet better than we do. Um We've had a go at it, so uh, maybe it's time we trade it in for machines. I think that would be a great thing. We all just kind of chuck it in, and now machines are operating. Well, I mean, how I mean, how far is this going to go? I mean, are we going to have law enforcement that are not human? I mean, you think well, about what can ultimately our happen. Will become desolate, and we'll look like Mars. And uh, you know, that's the way it will go. This we'll is have, very depressing. Yeah. And uh, probably sooner than later, I, I would say that probably, you know, within the next hundred years, we'll look like Mars. That made Jennifer hang up. Um, she hung up. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it just she goes. She said she was going to the gym, so. It I just goes to show, why. well, you know, in all actuality. In uh, all actuality. What we are, we are on a path of extinction. It, 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 we're, we're. We aren't looking at warnings. I mean, some of us are, but the majority of the planet 
if they are looking at warnings, they they drop a dime in the bucket and they make an effort to do something. But we are in trouble. We're in deep, deep trouble. If you want to call it that. You call know, it what? Probably, trouble? you know, the world that we keep handing over to the next generation is just in worse shape than what was before. So it's it's a crisis. It's a, a real crisis. Um, and uh, may, maybe uh, maybe McDonald's will take over the world. I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they, you know they'll, they'll be the last outpost. Uh, so what? We know somebody that got a McDonald's ring, a vintage McDonald's ring. Yeah. What do we do in the meantime? Well, we do our best. No, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> this inflection. <laughs> we do our best to, to take care of the human beings around us, and uh, but you know, it, it. I would say that there's what when I go into the astral realm. I mean, there's a vast population of spirits and souls and angels and guides. I mean, there's there, there's no extinction up there. You know, you you go up there and there's Nothing in the form of annihilation. Annihilation. It's just uh, populated by eternity. It's it's what it is. But when we get down to the level of our planet, well, now the stakes are higher in terms of uh, breathing. I mean, and we're not talking about T bones or Chateaubriand. No stakes. No, no, not. (laughs) You mentioned stakes, so I thought I'd. uh... Clarify. Yeah. S-T-A-K-E-S. Yes. Well, stakes. As opposed to S-T-E-A-K-S. Yeah, that's the problem with the English language. It's so confusing. Yeah. Have different sounds. Same sounds, different meanings. But here we are. Um, This is our 1,186 shows. We're still here. And it's the first day in a entire month that we haven't had a banner that's saying blog talk radio is having technical difficulties and you'll be lucky if you get to broadcast your show so glad they fixed whatever problems they are having we're waiting to hear back from them yeah they're pretty automated blog talk radio has become automated unfortunately when you lose when you lose the human element i mean it's just unfortunate because there is a lot that it's just, I prefer, you know, I'm someone who communicates online. I do email and texting and things like that. But I mean, you know, when you have a fully automated like platform such as Blog Talk Radio, which basically you can't get a hold of any human for at least a day if you're having a problem. Um, it creates a lot of it, it, it creates a lot of roadblocks to getting what you want done. And you know, it used to be nice, like there was a community with Blog Talk Radio, and there was the employees that you could talk to. And uh, it's just, you know, well, you in know, that we're sense, in a great dichotomy here. Well, I, I here we are, and the world is moving so rapidly. And we're so used to rapid, instant things. I mean, we can connect to the other side of the world in a second. And things move very, very rapidly now. On the other hand, to try to get a human being to answer the phone when you're on hold could take hours. 
tried to call Social Security on a Monday or, or Blue Cross or Red Cross or whatever. <laughs> Red whatever Cross. That, whatever, yeah. Blue Shield. Blue Shield. Blue Shield. You can be hours. Oh, of course. At the post office even. Yes. Um, but on the other hand, we our world is so rapid. We're so used to things being instant that we run into this condition of opposites in terms of our psyche. And it's the same thing in terms of the psychic world. People want answers now. They, you know, they want the future to be in, in the placement of their mindset as they are speaking. So psychics are, are basically speed drivers. They, they move quickly into the future and come back with information. Or otherwise, they go into the past and come back with validations for the present. But we're all in this kind of spectrum of time wherein there is no clear definition as there once was in the good old days. The good old days. An hour was an hour, and a week was a week, and seasons were seasons. Now we have kind of lost the concept of of the purity of time. And yet we are under the impression that maybe time is running out, that we're, we're all very frightened on this planet. The planet's in chaos. And there's no real stability unless, you know, you look at, you wake up, you're fortunate enough to live in a country where you can wake up and you don't have to think about instant survival right. or somebody bombing your building. Well, I mean, let's, uh, a country, I mean, our country, for, I don't want to say for the most part, but, but, but a lot of times, a lot of people don't have to worry about stability, but there are parts of the world or parts of our country where people have to worry about survival on a daily basis. So you can't say this country is totally um, safe. No, I, well, you know, it's not really uh, safe. Being safe is all, it's relative, you know, you, you just, there's no clear clarity about what is safe. You can be, you can be killed on the road. Right. Look at the homeless problem though. I mean, the homeless problem and, you know, if you, if you live in gang territory, obviously your life's going to be different than if you live in the suburbs, but, you know, as a human, you're always subject to, to danger. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, what what is it for a psychic? I mean, being psychic and going into the energy field of of the astral realm, is there ever a sense of danger in terms of that? Uh, yeah, what, well, I mean, you could dealing with portals—that's dangerous. Yeah, you can get sucked up into a portal. I when I was much younger, I I was very active in going into haunted houses and houses that were supposed to have demons in it and all kinds of things. I mean, really scary things. Uh, single residents and mansions and institutions and things like that. <laughs> we're but, surprised uh, they didn't keep you at one of those institutions. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah I could say a couple of days at once. But... Sometimes, I mean, there were people, actually, I remember this one place, it was an old Hollywood uh, 
it used to be where all the movie stars would go in private and escape. And it was like this huge mansion, but it was on grounds. There were vast grounds. And it, it was, I'm not going to mention the place, but it was, it was haunted. And the people that worked there on the grounds were totally afraid. They had experiences, and it was really, really quite scary. Well, they had one area that was uh, like a nursery to where some of the people who uh, would stay there would have children, and they had a nursery there. You mean during the time that they would be like In going escaping, right, they um, were sabbatical or whatever? I mean, it was a beautiful grounds. But and they would and and, they, and people would say we're not going in there. It is the experiences we've had in this nursery. It was a long hallway, really creepy, like in a horror film, and then it opened up into like this playroom. Well, uh, they wanted me to go in there and do some clearing or something, so I walked in there, and yeah, the the uh, the place was still somewhat populated with items like like rocking horses and rubber balls and beach ball. There were just things in there that a couple of dolls. I don't know why they were still there, but they were there. And when I walked in, uh, the thing started to move. Sure enough. It was kind of, you know, breathtaking. You're seeing these things move around. And then I heard children giggling and laughing. Um, Behind me, the door slammed shut. Well, this was when most of the people who kept the grounds ran out. I mean, they were just scared to death. And now I realized the place was really haunted. And so, yes, there was an impending sense of danger and doom in that area. And cold chills and, like, somebody touching my back. But right, because not all haunted places have a negative energy no, necessarily, but this, but this one, one did. This so one, this why? Did. I mean, why? Well, I don't. Because of the action activities there of people in something. the house? There might have been something in there. I mean, it, you know, back in the Hollywood days, there was a lot of pedophile and <laughs> there all, there's all still kind of stuff. There still is in this whole but Satanism aspect. in those days, aspect. it was, um, mm. you know, it was all sort of underground and it wasn't really in the news. There wasn't really that much exposure about it. So knowing that really spirits really can't, spirits or ghosts or souls that have crossed over or stuck in time, they really can't do anything. What they do is they, they feed off your fear. And then that gives them more power to activate the energy. Well, if you're, I mean, I don't underestimate a demon. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't act cocky about it, but I don't give in to fear. And so in doing that uh, and putting that energy out and sort of uh, in my psyche talking to these spirits, the activity in the room calmed down. And, you know, at first it was light flickering and things were moving and things were whizzing past me. But... And being calm and just speaking to them, they sort of, things sort of calm down. I don't know if I'd want to spend the night there, but, and I don't know if I actually ever cleared the area. There, there were reports of like people walking the grounds that looked in like in old clothes from another time. 
things like that. And I caught a glimpse of some of those energies too. But ultimately, when you realize about, when you talk about fear in the astral realm, the thing that feeds fear is fear. And if you have, if you're not fearful and you don't give into it and you just work with the energy, uh, you can kind of alleviate it. Well, I guess the same thing applies to the, I mean, to the world too. Well, that's the point. You know? I mean, we can, we can cause massive panic on our planet, even if we talk about, I mean, if we really open our eyes up and talk about what's going on in the world, it's petrifying. It's horrifying what's happening on our planet. But again, like, who was it? Uh, was it, um, I forget, was it Roosevelt? And the only thing to fear is fear itself. Uh, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, I think. I believe it was Theodore Roosevelt. Or Franklin. Franklin D. Roosevelt, I meant. Uh, Franklin Delano. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. That's and so. that was during the war. But the idea that let me make sure. Uh, when you talk about the only thing to fear. Yeah, it was D. Franklin. I'm yeah, Franklin. Right. That's what I meant. Uh, the only thing to fear is fear itself. Now, what does that really mean? The only thing to fear is that what he said. The only Thing to fear, fear is, is fear itself. It's fear itself. So fear so, to have having fear is what. Well, I mean, it's it gets very confusing because then you're fearing fear. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what what he's really saying. I mean, I don't know if he properly stated. This. No, I know what he's saying. He's saying don't be fearful. Itself. Don't be fearful. But he's sort of encompassing the idea that fear is being afraid of fear. Is a is sort of a wash. The only it, thing we you have don't, to you fear. You don't need to be a. He said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. It, yeah, and it, so, you know, it, it might, maybe at the time it made accurate. more sense, but when you really look at it, you know, that's like saying the only thing to be afraid of is a killer himself. I mean, it doesn't. He's using a is he's using a form of redundancy uh, in terms of what fear is, but. We have to, you know, the the other idea is call it courage. Um, we, if we have an attitude of energy that defies fear, defies the negative aspects, you know, we give in to McDonald's and say, well, the world is becoming um, robotized and automated, and just, you know, we're, we're losing the scope of a human being and. These are robot voices we're speaking to, and they can talk just like a human being and answer questions and things like this. Well, that's reality, and maybe that is something to be fearful of. In my estimation, the only thing to fear is becoming not human. So if, as long as you're the human, like the last man on Earth, um, yeah, that novel uh, that um, I forget his name, but he 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 wrote the Omega Man. I can't help uh, you there. I the Last Man on Earth Hold on. was written by that famous horror writer. Uh, 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 Richard. Yeah. Matthew. Matheson. Matheson. Yeah. It's, I only saw the yeah. beginning. I so know. you know, I have it, not as read long that as book. you know you're human. There is nothing to fear because you are a unit of energy and you represent, one person represents all of humankind. 
So as long as there is that one aspect of humanity, we don't have to give in to fear. I mean, if you put it in dramatic term, terminology, God forbid there should only be one person on the planet, which is something I've examined. But in terms of the idea that our, our unit of, of intelligence has to be actualized in the formation of existence. The only thing to fear is non-existence. But as long as you're conscious and alive, there is no state of non-existence. So why fear it? Well, fear is is a is a is a really watered-down level of what existence is about. Existence is a complete energy and entity in itself. As long as we are existing, there is really nothing to fear because the operation of the brain can defy fear. Right. And when people people are in that survival mode, fear state, it's the lowest you can get, really. I mean... Being yeah, I, well, I mean there are other lows. Depression, immediate fear. You know, you're you're drowning, but, or you know, you're caught in a fire. I mean, there's immediate fear. But when we talk about, we're talking about now existential fear. Oh, the world is becoming automated. Human beings, you know, we've got wars all over. But these would be more considered existential fears as opposed to having the immediacy of facing a tidal wave and you're tied up. That fear, you can't help. This, this conversation is making me anxious. Well, ang- <laughs> anxiety is, is it? No, fine. I'm making a joke. Emotion. I'm making a joke. Yeah, I know. But um, you know, what what can we do? I mean, as far as being more in touch with our human side, like for example, you know, people have Alexa these robots in their home that their home is automated and they talk to the robot and the robot turns on the music or turns on the washer or locks the doors or people use Siri on their computers and they have Siri look up, so look up whatever query they have is so instead of having to type it in, you know, you can just speak to the computer and, or the robot and they look it up for you. I don't use those things. You don't use those things. No. I mean, we may use computers, yes, but there is a way to, I think, stay more in touch with your human self. And if you eliminate certain certain uh, novelties that are available or people would consider them luxuries, I don't think it's a luxury, really. I think that helps you stay more in touch with being a human rather than, you know, having everything be automated because it's just going to get worse and worse. And people give in to, you know, the mass marketing of things. And, you know, it's, you know, we're sort of entrapped. By it's it's going to get worse. I mean, we're going to have more technology at our fingertips. That's going to eliminate the human aspect, you know, on a, on a, on a common level. The commenters are going to have more access to that kind of technology. So it's 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 scary how fast that it can it can snowball, and I wonder where we're going to be in 25 years. I mean, I don't wonder where we're going to be in 25 years. I know where we're going to be in 25 years, and I don't want to say it's scary because that's fear, but 
it is scary. When it when you when you move backward in time, I mean, since the quote the discovery of fire, the invention of the wheel, we we as a species we can't help but advance forward. And then, you know, moving forward, we got the Industrial Revolution and the discovery of, of space and time and flying machines. And it, it just seems to be that the natural implication of the human mind is to invent, is to discover, is to move forward. We're not content just being, saying, not enough is enough, this is where we stop. Because the further we go, the, the closer we are to destruction. But then the other side of the question is the further we go, we could discover new things and cure things and move forward into new frontiers and what, whatever. So we have this great composition of opposites. Dichotomy. Do we, do we stop now and just content ourselves with the world as it is and accept the fact that fatality is a, is a natural thing and we should just stop for the sake of saving the planet? Or do we keep moving forward at the risk of destroying the planet? Well, I don't, risk. I don't think we have a choice. I don't think we have a choice about moving forward. I don't think, there, I don't think we have a choice. And I think that you're going to get, I mean, if you knocked on every door in the neighborhood, you're going to get a different answer from every door you knock on as far as whether we should stop or keep going. So you're never going to get homogeny in that no, regard. Yeah, and, and it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. It's I mean, it's not not gonna stop. stop. We're, we're in a world where it's I mean, going to be changing. Right, and we're not in control. <laughs> we're not in control. We're not in control of the world. So, you know, what do we do? We, we take a slice of existence as psychics, and we individualize for our... our uh, clients, our people, our callers. Yeah. What what is the scope of their existence? Aside from all these other matters, now we have to narrow down and eliminate the ent- entirety of the of the planet condition and just look at the the spectrum of of an individual dot and analyze it and predict things and say things within the scope of this Massive theory of either construction or destruction. It's hard sometimes when 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 you're really alert to the world and you're thinking about where the world is going to individualize for a moment, however important or unimportant it is, whether someone's going to you know have their home or get this job or have this boyfriend or girlfriend or win the lottery. I mean, it's a crazy world. It, it's a, and and for psychics, who who are supposedly tuned in to the to the universe, at least this psychic, who sees what's coming, I can see what's coming, and then to separate from that idea into into dealing with individuals, but that you know what that's being human. That's being human because in the scope of energy. If we become apathetic and right. we lose the quality and the quantity of what an individual life is and what it means to somebody, we are really deviating from the essence of being a human being. Yeah. 
Well, so I, and it's easy to say. To it's easy to say, you know, or to, to think when you're dealing with people on an individual basis and they're, you know, asking about their career or, you know, whether they're going to get, uh, you know, a home they want to buy. And you're knowing that really the world is eventually going to completely self-destruct, you know, not to say, you know, does this really even matter? Why does this matter? Um, but, but we have our own personal matters that are small, small matters that we concern ourselves with. And that really does, I think, keep us human. You know. Yeah, is this, existence is not an easy thing. I mean, you think about it. The life of Riley is not just getting... Who is Riley? Riley, huh? No, I know the expression, but who really is Riley? Bill Bixby. The Bill life Bixby? of Riley, uh, I mean, no. yeah, but not I, Bill Bixby, William Bendix. I know, but who... I didn't... I, 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 don't, I don't know who Riley is. Uh, I, I don't know why... I don't know what the history is behind Miley. I don't even know that William Bindex was in the TV show, but where the, the where Riley might have been something English, I don't know. Riley is an English term. Uh, so, okay, William Bindex. Yeah, William Bindex started in the... In the um, but why did it become, why did that become a, a uh, what is the word? Well, an expression, but there's a different word looking for. Well, it became it became like a, a modem. It became like a, a a metaphor. The life of Riley. Yeah, something else. But Riley must have been some aristocratic somebody, probably in England, I would assume. Well, um, in the television series, I've never watched it. Was Riley? Uh, did he have a re- relaxed and? Yeah. The, the, Actually, the show started in a cartoon fashion. It showed him, no, what are those hammocks? He was on a hammock and sleeping on a hammock. This was back in the 50s. And then it was just a situation family drama, uh, comedy, light comedy. Um, and so it was about being leisurely. But life is, it's hard to have a leisurely life. Things happen. It doesn't matter. There's always something to do. Whenever I think, oh, today is nothing, you know, it's a good day. It's going to be a good day. It's not, uh, everything seems to be, then something comes. No, the leaves start blowing or the wind starts blowing. Whatever it may be. Yeah. And uh, so we're we're constantly on alert. You know, speaking about being on alert, can I say something? Every time someone joined the chat and I said, hi, and then they left. What is what is that all about? You know, I want to be alert and welcome those that are listening to our show. But then, you know, when well, we recognize them, they seem to disappear. It's a little strange. That's this distance of flight. That that's the flight mentality. You know, you, an animal. You approach an animal and you step towards it and it runs. Um, there's we have we have a flight mechanism that is. Somewhat. Yeah, so they didn't fight. What? They they flew. They flew. They, yeah. they flew rather they, than fought. Yeah, fight or flight or retreat. But you know, in in our in, we are we are conditioned to 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 work in concealment. I mean, that's the hunter mentality. The hunter mentality is that you leap out and destroy your prey, but the hunter also knows how to. Be, be 
enveloped in concealment. So we are basically a, an animal that by instincts, need, we need concealment. We need to be confined in some sense of security where we're not detected because that's survival. And that's how you, you overcome your, your prey is to, is to have a surprise. So if the tables are turned and you alert someone who is what, what, in the gossip room, what do you call this thing? The gossip room. Um, uh, <laughs> And and you re, and you expose them. The, there there might be an instinctual mechanism that says they have to fly, they have to flee, they they don't want to be known. So you know it it is it is uh, basically learning about human behavior. It, you you uh, uh, talk to an anthropologist, talk to a behaviorist about what the origins are of being a human being, how we operate in the outside world as soon as we are in the outside world. I mean, think about it. Even when you go to the store, everybody's in their private world. No one's flashing their identity. Everyone's caught in their own energy. So we're much like an army of ants. Now, if you look at an army in advance and you're looking at a trail of ants and two opposing ants uh, come upon each other, they'll commingle a scent. They'll actually sometimes regurgitate a, 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 a product that signifies that they are part of the troop. When we go out into public, some of us are inclined to look at somebody and smile and say hello. Others are wrapped up in their own world, but our, the vast population at large, you just go outside and look at human behavior. Many people are just secluded within themselves, suspicious, secluded, private, and some people are very open. But that takes up the concept of greeting. And so when we go into the astral realm, at least when I go into the astral realm, there's a sense of there is a vast population of energies out there. And sometimes it, it takes a certain kind of breeding in order to establish a dialogue wherein something can be revealed that was otherwise concealed. So when people who are seeking psychics, what they're really saying is, can you reveal what's concealed? Can you open up the world and impress me with with information that is almost non-human? Because psychics don't really operate on a level of human interaction. You're dealing with energy or whatever it may be. When you say a cold reading, I mean, who are they talking to? So we have this concept that is sort of metaphorical. And in that regard, we have to think of how the mind conditions itself to a level of communication that's tangible, that we can, we can measure and define and ultimately validate. So, yeah, it, it, this business, I don't know how we got into this, but, but I think McDonald's. it's just McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. 
Well, you know, McDonald's, and McDonald's started off as what, 19 cent hamburgers. And it was a little stand. McDonald's is like a slaughterhouse for, it, for, for animals. Oh, I mean, it's really, it's, it's, uh, in terms of animal quality, it's. it's the good quality of animal life, yeah, it's horrible. But we talk about expansion. When I was a child, uh, McDonald's was a joke. I mean, go to ham, you know, if you want a, a 19 cent little hamburger, I didn't eat hamburger, but if you wanted a little 19 cent hamburger, but I guess it had mustard and ketchup and a pickle, maybe a, a few onion bits, and that was your hamburger. And then they had, he actually, McDonald's, he actually invented, somewhat invented the milkshake. So this guy was somewhat of a, was a genius in some sort. But what it turned into, this little... Right, because it was stand. simple, the menu, I mean, fries, burger, shake, maybe a Coke. And now yeah. it's like, I mean, you know, expanded. It was just they a stand. Chicken, there was no, you served. couldn't go in. You yeah. just walked up to and the window. Now it's in every single country. I mean, it's worldwide. Yeah. Over, and you know, the over menu changes. The menu changes according to the country as well. You know, local specialties are on the menus of... Um, McDonald's that are located in foreign, right. foreign places, so they adapt they to the, their uh, setting. The, the, the original McDonald's was this funny-looking guy. It was just a, a human. Then it turned into um, yes, he was just a, a, human. a clown, and the McDonald clown. Oh. And then they had. Uh, I think the McDonald clown is here with us. We just heard a big pop. Yeah. God. And then, it, then there was a figure that was sort of like a half a quarter moon. And he, he sometimes they had automated robots. You go into the restaurant, and this McDonald figure would—it looked like a half quarter moon—would uh, be playing the piano or talking. It was really weird. Um, I never got hamburgers there. It was sometimes a vanilla milkshake. But well, yeah, the, really. I mean, yeah, it's. it's if you're a good vegetarian, you don't really support places places like that. But, you know, Uh, we're talking about how, how the universe expands. And milkshakes. Um, (laughs) That that (laughs) scene of Woody Allen, you know, where he, where he, Woody Allen as a child is telling the psychiatrist, the universe expanding and soon we're going to all blow up or disintegrate. And uh, the psychiatrist or whoever he's talking to says, well, that's going to, that's a long time coming, Alvi. You don't have to worry about that. But the idea that the universe is expanding, I think also, um, what's his name, Carl Sagan talked about this, how, how we are separ- separating ourselves and expanding in such a way that we are utterly looking at our destruction. But in the meantime, um, uh, in terms of the minutes ticking away, they are ticking away. Uh, we're, we're looking at what it is. What is the concept? We have a caller. Ultimately, of being a psychic. We have a so caller. We have a caller. We have a caller. I guess they want the caller We've wants been doing to speak a song with us. Jeez, well, I haven't been doing any song. Uh, oh, yeah. You've been doing most of it. Three, four, four. I mean, uh, five zero four is on the air. Hi. Hi, this is Debbie. Hi, De- Debbie. Hi. Um, can I ask a question? You may, Debbie. Where where are you calling from? I'm calling from New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay. And we trust you're not Um, a Debbie Downer. 
Oh, no. Uh, no. I mean, you sound very sometimes. Terrifying. Okay. What's your huh? birthday? Okay. Let's get your birthday. 2-12. Two, two Do you need the year? It would be great, yes, because we're Six getting three. your master number. Okay. 3, 4, 5, 15, 21, 24, 6. Yeah. Okay. I'm Go ahead. Um. There's something about me or my voice. Um, this is not a down question, but it really bothers me. Like, say I have some information. I ask somebody, please stop doing this because this could happen. And they take it as some kind of competition. And until I can print it from another source, um, when they'll believe that, they – they don't like I, I feel like people don't believe me or well what do you tell I, I mean what do you I mean in what context you you've got to give this some context because to, I mean you know like, the weather's going to be 65 tomorrow I mean that's like you know what do you what somebody what, would debate me on that somebody will debate me on that <laughs> so you're feeling <laughs> not seen and heard by your fellow uh my fellow yeah. Like who? I've I've had people tell me this too. Who do you think you are? You feel like you have to defend yourself. Well, I mean, you know, there is yes. Yes. there is a, there is in your birth date. You're in your birth date. Um, there's you know an indication that there's probably some trouble in relationship because of the two one two mm. in your month and day two is relationship. And you have a five there, so you know we're talking about communication, and you're having problems in your communication with these Correct. people. That's in your that's in your code. Um, what? That sucks. <laughs> what, well, that's okay. We're trying, we're trying to fix it. So I mean, I don't know if we talk, have we talked to you before ever. I don't think so. I don't think if so. It, if so, it was like a long time ago. No, I don't know if it was a long time ago. I don't remember. Usually I do. So I don't think we've talked. So before we get deeper into your question, just a question about when you were 24, that would have been a major change for you. 24 would have been 1987. And you're currently, you're currently 60 years old. Yes. 60 years old. Okay. So, um, what happened in 1987? Oh, I could have been, I was in college and I could have been around the time I got rejected by a guy I liked. I don't know. There was a lot of stuff that happened in college. Well, you got rejected and we're kind of on a theme of, I mean, we're, this is in the theme of what you're asking about. You got rejected by a guy. And you're talking about being rejected by people. Just to make another little footnote here, you're 36 years beyond your karmic change, and that happens to be your inverted year, which is 1963. So 36 years beyond your Ooh. karma. This thing you're contacting us now. I mean, that's you know, that's that signifies maybe some change coming up. Neil, do you want to? Okay. Put well, some input in. You know, your your master number is is synonymous with the mind, the third eye, and 
uh, you mentioned you were in college. So was your degree more in humanities uh, when you were in college? It was communications, broadcast journalism. Yeah. So you see, because that's the that's the essence of your energy is that that's the fifth chakra, number five. So you went in, and that's humanities. Communication is part of humanities. So when you went into college and you were talking and you were going into communication, actually what you were doing was you were re-entering the energy of communication from a past life where communication was broken up. So if we are to assume that in your in the history of your soul, you had you had lifetimes where communication was misguided or diffused or complicated. You came back to direct to be the director of communication. So at the same time that you're the director of communication, you're also in you're also experiencing the karma of communication. So it's a dichotomy. And if people say, you know, who do you think you are? Well, well, uh, Bob Dylan said you got a lot of nerve. You know, he, he his lyrics had a lot to do with miscommunication. And so there's something about the essence of your existence where you're repairing the idea that karmically speaking, you had a misguided you had a misguided sense of communication. Unfortunately, with the end of our show, we we just got the warning. Wow. But if you want to call us privately or call us next time we're on the air, we're, we're going to be Friday. on Friday. Uh, you're, you're invited to, to do so. Thank you. This is exactly what I was looking for. Well, that's great. Hey, also, you can oh follow, my gosh. Us, follow Thank us you. on Facebook. Um, send us a friend request or follow one of our pages. You can find those linked via our Blog Talk Radio homepage. I will do that. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Well, that's it for today. We're back on the air. I don't know if we're going to do nine or one on Friday. What do you think? Actually, um, I can tell you right now. And it doesn't matter. So we'll see. TBA. It might be noon. Okay. Yeah. If you follow us, we might announce it on our Facebook page. So that would be a good way to find out. Have a good couple days. Bye-bye.